welcome back to the Focus Podcast. I'm Crystal Whitehead. I'm your host, and I want to thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm so stoked that you are here, and I believe you are going to get immense value out of the show today. By the way, if you have not listened to the previous episode, which is entitled Mastering the Art of Self-Discipline Part 1, then I want you to do me a quick favor. Just pause the show right now and take some time to go back and listen. I promise you will not regret it. You know, if you are tuning in, it is because you are indeed a leader and a reformer. No matter what lies you've believed about yourself, the truth still remains that reshaping the culture around you for the better is one of the main reasons you exist. And so my goal really is to aid you in that process. In fact, my my whole vision behind creating a space like the focus in the first place was because I really wanted to serve you and come alongside you in your journey of changing the world around you, but with the understanding that change begins on a very personal level. Meaning, if if we can manage to step into personal reformation, then a reformed society is inevitable. Now, let's jump into the topic for today because I'm so excited. The topic is entitled, Mastering the Art of Self-Discipline Part 2, with the subtitle, How to Do What You Want. I'm going to say that again how to do what you want. I have to start by saying this. When I use the term do what you want, depending on your background or where you come from, you may immediately think of a rebellious lifestyle or just doing what one feels. But actually, my definition of doing what you want is not really a feelings-based concept. Instead, it is a logic-based concept. I want us to keep that at the forefront of our reasoning as we dive deeper into the discussion today. Because honestly, most people, despite what they portray, don't do what they want. Instead, most people do what they feel like doing. And by doing so, what they are unaware of is that they are making themselves a slave to their feelings. But my goal for today is to help us put our feelings to the side, not necessarily throw them away, but just put them to the side. And the main reason we want to place our feelings on the back burner is because living a life of self-discipline could not be farther away from our feelings. In self-discipline, my feelings don't really get a say in my decisions. And and that brings me to this question. If my feelings feelings are not the ones driving the car of my decisions, then what do you think is? That's right, my friends. Our mind is the decision maker. And, you know, without giving too much away in a in a later episode, we will be discussing the concept of training our mind from a place of purity. Because if some of us were honest with ourselves, because of the things we've been exposed to, we don't really trust our feelings or our minds in making decisions. And if that is you, then I want to encourage you to hold tight because we are going to address the actual health of the mind. And because, as you've probably noticed, I love practicality, um, I'm going to give you guys some practical tools on how to reprogram our minds so that even our thoughts can come from a pure place. You know, it really is my 
heart and vision to leave no stone unturned in our in our conversation concerning self-discipline. Anyways, like I said, self-discipline is not a matter of feelings, but a matter of our minds. As a matter of fact, self-discipline is such a matter of our minds that we actually have the ability to tell ourselves what to do. I cannot begin to tell you how long it took me to truly understand this concept. You know, I mentioned in the previous episode that my siblings and I, we grew up in a Christian church and a Christian household. And if you remember, I spoke just a little bit about how reading through scripture was a huge part of my upbringing and it actually still is. And so whenever I think of this idea of telling myself what to do, I think of a man named King David. Now, King David says something in a book of the Bible called the Psalms, and it catches my attention every time I read it. In Psalms, I think it is chapter 103. And by the way, to all of my Bible scholars, if I'm wrong about the specific chapter, (laughs) then please don't like exit out of the episode or anything. (laughs) But anyways, King David says this. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm going to say that again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I really want to make sure you you catch this because King David is known throughout biblical history as an avid worshiper of God. And the book of Psalms is a book of praise and worship to God. And even in the place of worship, we see King David telling himself, namely his soul, what to do. He says, in a way, soul, listen up. I know you don't feel like it, but bless or praise the Lord. You know, that is like me walking into church on a Sunday morning after a long and hard week. And during corporate worship, no part of me really feels like singing or kneeling. But in the midst of what I feel, I tell myself, Krista, your feelings are actually irrelevant right now. Therefore, it is time to express gratitude to God. I don't know about you, but this baffles me. You mean to tell me that even spiritual matters of life like worship or or prayer involve the element of my choice, which comes from my mind. My friends, this is more important than we know. And and I grew up, I grew up believing that my faith did not really involve my mind at all. If that doesn't blow you away, then maybe this will. Did you know that you can even choose how to feel about something? Wait, 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 Krista. You mean to tell me that something like being offended is a choice? Actually, it most certainly is. Absolutely. You may not realize it, but all throughout the day, we are making choices. And what I'm about to say may sound a bit non-empathetic, but some years ago, I had to come to terms with the truth that, for example, even something like the status of my bank account was a reflection of my choice. If that makes you uncomfortable, then it is probably because that reality takes the power and responsibility from other people and other external circumstances, and it gives the power back to you and I. Once we feel the discomfort of hearing that and we can manage to get over it, which by the way is also a choice, we can then begin to step over into a place called empowerment. You know, speaking of empowerment, I want to share a story with you that comes from a period in my life when I first began to discover the truth that I did not really have to live for my feelings. Back in um, 2009, 
2016, I could not have cared less about working out. I was somewhere between um, 45 and, and 50 pounds heavier than what I am right now. And my health was the farthest thing from my mind. I, I simply ate what I wanted to and I had not stepped foot in a gym for quite a while. As a matter of fact, I felt like my weight was kind of out of my control. You know, my mentality at the time really had the words victim and powerless written all over and I couldn't even see it. And then, you know, a day came, I guess you would say by divine providence when my story began to shift. Um, I got to know a girl who was actually a friend of a friend and I did not know it at the time I met her, but she was a personal trainer. And as I got to know her more just over coffee and lunch dates and her coming over to the house and hanging out with my roommates and I, um, it was as if her approach to health and especially her approach to working out began to really rub off on me because I became curious and I actually found myself asking her to help me learn more about the world of exercise. Um, she then proceeded to invite me to a group workout session that took place twice a week. Normally the session would begin with an outside jog and then a series of CrossFit workouts. Um, but here was the catch. The class started uh, somewhere between 5 and 6 a.m. in the morning, which required me to wake up before sunrise. Immediately when I heard the time of that workout session, I said to myself, oh, there's no way. Are you kidding me? Um, Listen, I'm someone who loves my sleep. I told you in the last episode that I have five pillows on my bed. I love my sleep. And so when you ask me to give away some of what I love to things like jogging and sweating, by the way, I hate to sweat. I still do. <laughs> Anyways, immediately I said to myself, there's no way I'm doing that. But guess what, guys? In a way, it was too late to say no because I had already said yes to better health in my mind. And so my feelings may have said a resounding no way, but my mind said, sure, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Several days later was the first session and so I woke up before daylight and made my way to the gym. And to be honest, there was nothing fun about that morning, if I'm just being honest with you. And <laughs> you know, I wish I could glamorize that day for you, but I can't. My feelings absolutely hated and despised that day. And my body was so sore afterwards that I ended up calling out of work the next day because I could barely walk or move around. <laughs> And, you know, as I sat there with my leg up and an ice pack just resting on my knee, it was as if my mind made a calculation and said to my feelings, okay, Krista's feelings, you obviously don't feel like continuing on and doing this on a regular basis. And because of the physical discomfort you are currently experiencing, we really won't be able to trust how your body feels either to decide whether or not you should continue working out. And so you're going to have to leave this decision up to your mind. Um, you're going to have to solely rely on the power of choice. And so here is what begins to happen. Um, every night before my workout the next morning, I begin envisioning, like actually seeing a visual image in my head of me working out. So I created a picture of me waking up early and it's still being dark outside. And then I would picture myself getting dressed and, and heading to 
the gym. And and that is actually as crazy as it sounds. Um, that's the first tip I want to give you. Whatever you are attempting to do by choice, it is highly helpful to see yourself doing that particular thing before it happens in reality. You know, maybe you're already a pretty fit person and you want to, let's say, have better friendships. Maybe you have um, pretty sucky friends right now. You know, we've all been there and we've all at some point had to move around things in the area of friendship. But one thing you should do starting today is envision yourself in the company of loyal and caring friends. In that place, I want you to actually feel the joy of being around peers who love you and want the best for you versus just wanting things from you. You know, visualization before it was adopted by many new age Eastern religions was actually and still is a concept found in the Bible where it says in a book called Proverbs, which by the way is a book full of wisdom. Um, If you are not really familiar with the Bible, then I would still encourage you to read Proverbs because it is one of my favorite books, just full of, like I said, amazing wisdom. But Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so is he. I've just got to quote that again because it's so good. As a man thinks, so is he. You know, I've always heard people say, and you probably have too, that you are what you eat. But may I suggest even more than what we eat, you are what you think about. And a large part of our thinking is indeed visualization. Therefore, I want to encourage you to go ahead and reach back into your childhood, you know, at a time when using your imagination was cool and trendy. And I want you to begin to incorporate that back into your adult life because it will indeed help you to do what you do not feel like doing. Now, here's a second and final tip. Once you've envisioned yourself doing whatever that thing is, I want you to then try saying it out loud. So going back to our example of desiring deeper and more fulfilling friendships, if that is something you want, then you would say out loud, I will have better friendships and be surrounded by peers who truly love me and care for me and are in it for the long haul with me. By the way, whatever you are visualizing and whatever you are saying, I'd encourage you to be as specific as possible. This is important because the clearer and more detailed the map is, the easier it will be to reach our destination. Now, with all of that being said, I just want to clarify and let you know that I personally do not believe in things like the power of the universe or anything like that. Some people even describe it as a law of attraction. Um, For example, there are people who believe that if you see what you want and you say what you want, then mother nature and the universe will go to work in bringing that thing to you. And while initially that sounds like a pretty sweet deal, I am not looking for a handout from dear old mother nature. (laughs) nothing against her or anything. (laughs) But as a believer in a a being who who actually knows uh, much more about my life than I do, I personally cannot afford to just leave my decisions and my destiny in the hands of the universe. I would rather trust the one who is brilliant and who created this wonderful force of life we call nature. And for me, that person is God. 
God and visualizing and saying out loud what we desire, we can do this even in what we may see as day-to-day decisions like making up our bed in the morning before we leave for work. For me, like I said, um, I first used these tools in working out and one by one, I began to understand the power of choices instead of feelings. And here I am so grateful to tell you that five years later, I have lost a ton of weight and my health is now something that I value. Um, What I believed was an issue that I would struggle with for the rest of my life has actually become for me proof that our choices hold so much power. And so by giving you these, um, these practical tools, I am inviting you not just into a place of empowerment, but into a life of the things you now fear actually becoming for you a monument of victory and a monument of just overcoming. Guys, sadly, our time has come to an end. But as always, I want to thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me. You are beyond amazing and you make the world a better place simply by being here. Once again, I want to encourage you to take this advice and run full speed ahead with it. And honestly, your effort and your forward movement is is really the best gift you can give to me. If you have any questions at all, or if there is anything else I can do for you, please do not hesitate to leave a question in the message section of the website. Until we meet again, remember that societal and cultural reformation begins with you. I love you so much. Peace out, guys. Thank you.